0: Broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's
1: Most Unwanted presents The X-Files Podcast.
0: Oh, we're
1: back, Mr. Josh. Ooh, penultimate episode of season three. What a great word. I only learned it um, in the last year. So I like only learned opportunities, it 37 because, year old man. Yeah. am going to, I'm going to drop it in now and then now that I know what it means.
0: Yeah. Once you have it, you ha- you are, I mean, you've been trained from birth to, well, not from birth, but to use it in a sentence, mm-hmm. your public schooling, I'm assuming that was one of the things, right? So it's good. Oh, to, yeah. It's good to reinforce your learning. I learned it only because I was covering Game of Thrones.
1: Oh yeah. That's so, usually
0: the only way I would ever know there's. Uh, I don't have life skills beyond that which I have been forced to learn via podcasting uh, or role playing, <laughs> or <laughs> that's about it. All the anything important I, things. Anything sure. I know, any type of knowledge I have acquired over time, and maybe the the small modest amount of uh, of uh, nonfiction
1: books I've read. <laughs> anyway, boy, wet wired, wet wired. Wetward. Just come out with it, man. I enjoyed what it. What do you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, f- I feel some hesitation.
0: Um, I I have questions about the end. So it's super awesome to watch. I was very engrossed the whole time. I just, after it was over, I had a couple questions. And really, it could just be a question of ignorance as to understanding the sort of uh, denouement that kind of occurs after Scully's safe, and you have this last nine minutes of just Mulder. <clears throat> it's not even fair to call it a denouement. It's longer than that, right?
1: It, um, sorry, I'm looking up denouement.
0: It's just the, you know, the ending after the ending. You okay. know, Scully safe, yay, great. That's the thrust of the dramatic action, and then there's this extra piece at the end. I only know because okay. of Clerks. I learned it through a movie. You think I learned that in film school? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what's denouement? And, I've, and I routinely will mispronounce it that way. That's not, it's, that's how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Juxtaposition, I probably learned from clerks too, if I'm being honest. But, um, nice. So listen, um, I, I, there's a lot of, um, stuff I like about this episode. I was a little, I, I'll be honest, Scully's, um, the writing of Scully to associate violence and TV took me by surprise. So I wouldn't have expected her to have that take as a scientist. Um, but
1: I enjoyed the episode, mean- I'm, I'm a like. When Mulder, uh, what what does he say? He says something about pseudoscience. Yeah, of all people, he should Fucking say Fucking hilarious, coming from this guy. <laughs> hilarious. Right. All right. Well, um, dude, this is like a. I think this is love for me. Nice, and it's odd. And honestly, I wanted to come in. This this is a little confession time. I feel like I've been loving a lot of episodes and there's a part of me that, you know, even though we always want to be honest, I was like, I probably, it I don't happens. want to toss that around too much. I need to roll back a little bit. I need to get back to a solid, like, dude, I watched this episode like four times. I watched it twice, like
0: in a really, really, really short span.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, man. It's, it looks so good.
0: Yep. It's visually striking.
1: Rob Bowman, of course. Yeah. He's great at at the helm. Um, Jillian Anderson is just so, so good. It's so cool seeing Scully, uh, on a, on a very different side, you know, seeing. Yeah. She's outstanding. Seeing paranoid, irrational, you know, basically being Mulder. It's fun. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I like it. And and it's both, uh, like the whole thing about the subliminal messaging and even like the actual effect that, that, I don't know what you call that staticky kind of line vision yeah, yeah. that's happening yep. Yep. and it's both like a very much a product of its time but also I think it holds up in a way I know that doesn't really make sense but it's like it still looks pretty good it looks you know decent as an effect but it's it also totally feels was
0: that a complaint
1: no no oh, I'm just okay. saying like it was sure. like it, it's so like the subliminal messaging thing and the violence on TV and that like static vision thing all seems very 90s to me and yet totally I watched this episode, and I'm like, man, if this episode came out now, people would be like, that's a good episode of TV. It, it, yes, so that's
0: one of the more remarkable traits of the episode is that it's fairly timeless mm-hmm. because of the subliminal aspect to it and the subversion of your free will. That that does interest me. Um, I'm definitely alike. The, my question becomes the end with the killing – so on my second viewing, it's the it's the very end that confuses me, the killing of the two guys. But maybe that's something you can clarify for me as we go through. Um, but um, I really like the idea of this kind of uh, – the idea of amplifying someone's anxiety into dementia, I believe is how Fox said it. That's badass. Yes. Or maybe she yeah. said it. Um, I just like that. I like that idea um, because that – that strikes a bit of a horror chord with me, which I like, even though you would never really call this episode horrific um, by any stretch, It does, it, it does become very intriguing when you go, listen, we're going to take a character and amplify this thing about them, which they come to learn over time with each of these cases. Um, the, the, uh, the, 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 the guy in the beginning, the Bosnia, the Holocaust survivor, Yep. And then, and then, of course, the uh, the paranoia about somebody sleeping around, and of course, the big reveal, which is Scully's consideration that she could be portrayed by Mulder, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I want to dig into that when mm. we get to it.
1: Not Miroskovich yes. <laughs> 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 digging up digging up some mass graves while we're at it. Yeah, um, cool that you said that, man. And you're right; definitely not a not a lot of horror in the episode, but the, the concept is kind of horrific. And it makes me think of that element too. You know, you think of, uh, you know, it's like a fucking D and D spell, right? Sure. Like you cast fear and like you read the description of the spell. <laughs> Here it comes another reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, uh the target like they uh, they see their their greatest fears or whatever
0: yeah scarecrow from Batman
1: right yeah right 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 yeah so it's, it's automatically kind of like playing up on what's already in your mind just basically kick-starting your own natural stuff instead of instead of like them programming in you know some kind of uh, you know subliminal message that they want to push to you it's the subliminal message is just it, it's a it's an amplitude, right? They're just whoop, taking that dial and cranking up your own internal shit, which is right. cool.
0: And what I think is fascinating in this particular case is it might not necessarily be your most deep-seated fear, but perhaps the the prevalent one regarding whatever subject you see next, right? Because mm-hmm. it's unlikely Scully's greatest fear when she goes to bed at night is Mulder betraying her. Although maybe, maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. That's what it I could be. It's it's worth asking, right? And is the is the is the is is it? It could be, it could be, or it could be. Um, but but I think amplification describes it best. Um, you know, part of me wonders if Mulder was on a plane in Miami and she was subjected to this. What would she think? Would it still be Mulder in that case? It could be. I'm I'm not sure, but I do find it interesting that this um, not just the subliminal messaging, but when we started getting to that first initial murder scene where the guys locked up and we just see all of these vhs tapes it's like what the fuck that yeah. is you know it it's really creepy that kind of stuff i love shit like that it's it's like that moment except less grotesque
1: mm-hmm. when
0: they go into uh kevin spacey's room in 7 and you're like look at this fucking place man <laughs> like when you enter the layer of the serial killer you know but, yep. um, or in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when the girl kind of stumbles into the room and it's just like a fucking the weirdest shit all over the place, right? Yeah. And this is just a more antiseptic version. It's this clean, nice place and all these videotapes. And it's not like, you know, my Uncle Mike's VHS collection of amazing movies, it's all of these news recordings. Like, how
1: bizarre is that? It, it is bizarre. And if, if, if I have any kind of complaints or questions about the episode, Some of it is about the VHS tapes. Sure. Because, you know, it it confused me a bit. Like, okay, so it's because it's just super fucking weird for someone to have like 300 tape recordings of like network news. Right?
0: Right. So my question, so so maybe it maybe that it created a compulsion in him, this subliminal shit.
1: Yeah. I right. But maybe. but then it's like, well, but his parents or Holocaust survivors, right? Or victims.
0: Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. Probably
1: survivors. Probably hard to have a kid if you of his age if they right, didn't right. make it out. But um So it's like okay, so does he have a compulsion for for the news in general or is it specifically that he has like this family experience with that kind of shit? Right, right. But then I guess so there's a practical reason for it because they need they need to expose the agents, right? Scully and Mulder need to be exposed and they're exposed through watching the tapes. So if he didn't have it all recorded, we wouldn't be able to subject them to the same thing.
0: Okay, you're you're suggesting from a meta aspect, like why the writers would do it, or are you still trying to zero in on the guy's motivation? Himself? I,
1: more like the the writers. Like what, what are what what is the value of having the, the tapes in it? And I, I that's where I was getting to it. Like, all right, well they have to be able to watch it, and it's um... it, it could
0: have been maybe maybe I'm gonna spitball. Is it possible that they were a misdirect? That, that the that the VHS tap, tapes in question were, they, while scanning to find something, they were simply just a tool to deliver this subliminal messaging into Scully, which yeah, kind of so. goes yep. to your first point. Right. And the other thing could just be uh, a, a misdirect in that, what's with this guy? This guy that just yeah. killed people. Why does he have all these tapes? This is very disturbing kind of behavior. Unless you're practicing to be a news anchor, I'm not quite sure what in, the in motivation a- is to have this.
1: And especially when the, <clears throat> the woman has him, too. That's when it really becomes like, okay, what's the deal with VHS tapes? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. In the chat, BP saying it doesn't explain the housewife. Right. So the question becomes outside of subliminal messaging and people resorting to their own fears, it, it, it's, it's – could we, could we spitball a reason that fear motivated him to record all those? I'm sure we could. It, you know, because she didn't record the tapes and he did doesn't necessarily mean one is more valid than the other. If it causes just overall odd compulsion, uh, you know, or, 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 or pathological behavior. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I just, I,
0: it's it, a stretch. I'll, I'll give you that.
1: A <laughs> it's a stretch. Getting limber. Getting limber. But, you know, you know those it's hammies, getting those hammies warm. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah.
0: But it's, it's, yeah. is it any, is it, is it, I, I guess because the way it's explained towards the end is is it more or less, you know, crazy than Scully, not just having this instance of a figment of her imagination in a brief vision of CSM, but literally observing him for for close to two minutes, maybe a minute. I mean that's right. a powerful hallucination from yeah. just watching VHS tapes. So
1: And I guess what we're what we would believe from the pre-credit sequence, which we didn't even really address, was which was awesome. Sure. Right? Sure. This Absolutely. this dude bearing a body and then murdering his wife, mm-hmm. who looks like the same guy. Like that was cool. And the cops shown up and they looked like the same guy. But what Scully was actually seeing was two people in a car. Sure. Two real people in a real car. And it was superimposed.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Right? Yeah. Still
1: makes it it's still, you know, a crazy thing to happen, but it's not a it's not a complete figment of imagination. It's a twist on reality.
0: Sure, sure. Yes, yeah. And yeah, in in, um, in uh, yeah, it's definitely the device. Uh, the device is causing it. But the question becomes: it, it, the device is causing it to come through the tape because it's right. It, it makes me wonder: could they have taken one of these tapes to be analyzed by well, they, the by oh, the yeah, gun? Right right? Could yeah, they have taken a VHS, te- a VHS, VHS tape? <laughs> VHS. VHS. Like, is that a possibility? You know, I'm not sure. And Well, um,
1: yeah, I guess.
0: The device is more interesting in terms of like seeing a guy out on the line, seeing him at the next scene. That's, that's cool. I like
1: that Definitely more interesting. Right. And they need that to compare, because what they end up doing, the lone government are comparing the signal passing through to the device to the signal, like, not. normally. Yep. Yeah.
0: Which would which begs the question, if it's visual stimuli, we know it's visual stimuli, right? Because yes. Mulder's immune because of his colorblindness. Okay. So that said, it, it could be recorded. So it it would the evidence is on those VHS, VHS tapes, assuming this guy has been being affected for some time. Is it possible the wife was affected quicker? Is it possible the first guy took longer to affect? And maybe he had this weird obsession over time that grew? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't yeah, I know if I need those answers. I just need to know. What's interesting to me is it's an experiment. If they're experimenting on these people, the point is, is they're gonna get. A, it's a multivariate analysis for with multivariate results, right? They they might get, you know, if they might get a different result from this woman, they might get a different result from this guy, maybe a different result from this kid, no result from Mulder. It's gonna be a, a variety of of mm. of of sort of like uh answers which is makes it really cool that's why i liked the variety but also the connection of fear right and yeah. amplifying it again good word to 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 sort of really push somebody and it happens quite quickly with scully and maybe that's because she's involved in the middle of a case it's a weird stressful case there's lots of bodies and bam like that's that's that you know it, it, it takes to her right away. It takes to this other woman right away
1: too. Yeah man she uh doesn't doesn't take long for her to see see a little bit of a uh, little bit of action happen out on that hammock and, and
0: <laughs> man, that action looks paid for at best. I mean, paid. that looks like a really young girl number one. number two, that guy is a wreck. <laughs> she sat there singing on the hammock. by the way, the hammock's going going down. Probably going
1: down, right? I mean, <laughs> well, to put one through the chest. Yeah, well, she's I not did- gonna like Robin Hood the rope that's tying it to the to the tree, is she? No, and
0: two two. No, no, I meant from the weight of the two people in the oh. hammock. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. No, but gotcha. by the way, did you notice that fucking gun was a double barrel? Oh, I didn't actually. Ooh, baby. (laughs) It had that lever on top of it. Oh, nice. And that's that you can select which barrel. But I think if you look again, you'll see a flash of two triggers. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, that's a mess.
1: Highly unlikely, except for the fact that nobody would actually want to watch it, that that dog would not get smoked by that woman.
0: I was thinking, yeah, did the dog jump off and run away? Like, mm, you know, what happened there? Yeah. <laughs> Hell
1: hath no fury, obviously, is what happens.
0: Yes. This this much this this we know is true.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um I like all this. I like that. And the tape thing, maybe we got strung out too much on it because it's not ultimately important. It's just that it was kind of distracting, especially when it comes up the second time. But at the end of the day, it is the device that's doing it. But it doesn't matter if you're watching it live or it's captured on the on the tapes. It's uh, it's I just you're still trained. Still giving you the same thing what's up
0: here I, here's 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 how the tapes are utterly necessary from a writing perspective because we have to direct the agent's attention to visual stimulus.
1: Yeah right okay, right right There's we no other to...
0: reason for them to look at a TV screen to be triggered by this right
1: for a long time
0: right. so that's why it exists. yeah if I'm a writer, that's my device. I go, well, if this is my move, if it's TV and we're also we're also having a fun little like social message about, you know violence in TV, and what sometimes people say and or think or quote unquote studies said uh, that we now have we now have a reason for them to engage in that medium, otherwise we just don 't have one
1: sure, and it makes sense, and this is why these people specifically have these reactions because they 're not just like seeing some they don 't have some screen time they 're binging it 's like this dude does nothing but sit there and watch network news, apparently right and Scully sat in a motel room. And and watched you know God knows how many hours in a row, right? Um, yeah. Okay, sure. I Makes like sense.
0: It. Yeah. Um, but no, I I like the way this thing kicks off right away. I like that. I like that. Um, you know, they go see this guy, and and he has a bit of an episode. That's when we meet this this doctor. I forget his name.
1: Uh,
0: it's, it's something. It's something. No, because with an
1: S. It's not Snowden. That's a different guy. Sorp.
0: Sorp. Sorp. Something's. I had it
1: written down. Stroman. Stroman.
0: Stroman. Stroman. Yes. Stroman.
1: Yes. Yeah. They see him at the psychiatric hospital where where they got this guy, Patnick.
0: Um, And in that, right. And, you know, this guy has a bit of a meltdown. And this is what leads him to seeing the kids watching Die Hard, watching the tapes. And then Scully's first sort of inner, like her first the first scene we see of her affected works really well because as a viewer for the first time, I'm guessing you're thinking, Oh, interesting because the
1: first time is when she sees Mulder with cigarette smoking man.
0: Yeah. When she goes to get the ice, I think that plays really well. If you've never seen this before, because you're going to go, Oh, interesting. And then maybe Mulder is keeping something from her because we, this, we go to, we really shift to a Mulder POV when Scully vanishes, but we also want to sympathize with the Scully POV because She's the one like like we see her POV where we're sympathetic to what we're seeing her see which is what the fuck why is he with smoking him in? and then why is he denying it. Yeah. And then we shift and that's probably Bowman's greatest achievement in this. Well, I guess it's the writers too, but more the writers than him, but this moment where we kind of shift POVs off of her to him when she kind of goes a wall.
1: Mm-hmm. That's rad, yeah. man.
0: I really like that.
1: Man, and and that scene with Mulder and cigarette smoking man in the car, one of my favorite shots, the way Ugh. his face is lit up as he lights the cigarette mm-hmm. and it's, you know, there's no sound. She's just watching it from afar. I mean, there's, there's the score in the background, but yep. we don't hear them talking, but we see like they're, they're yeah. laughing and smiling and you're like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. What's wild. going on? And the way he lights that is genius because it's headlights come across the windshield. And yeah. it's in that moment he's handing the tape over, and I just thought, what a what a visual treat that was. Mm. Really cool.
1: Yeah, um, it's dope. It's dope, and yep. yeah, it does kind of shift off. I mean, we we it doesn't we get take some
0: long good- for Scully to be in the mix, right? Right after he goes to see Lone Gunman.
1: Yeah, right, right, because they've they have the device at this point. This is after the second scene when Mulder tries to chase down the cable guy and goes up and grabs the whatever the hell the thing is, the device. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, she's like, Oh, well, well, we should probably take this down to, uh, agent right, Pendrel. Right. Right. And, uh, she's upset because Mulder, um, you know, Mulder says that, uh, he'll take it because obviously Scully wants to go see Pendrel. Yeah. One true love.
0: Yes. of course, Right. Yes. Yes.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, let's I don't know talk if you saw about, this buddy, well, can got, you,
0: can you, before you dive in on that, can we just discuss that phone call? When he leaves the lone gunman?
1: When he calls her.
0: Yes. Yeah. Number one, the brilliant shot of them turning towards the device and the camera sliding down to the device with them in the background and Mulder close up on the device. What a fucking shot.
1: Oh, it looks great. And then
0: and then we, we blur into, which is slick because of the weather. It's like the perfect way to do it. The Bowman rules and then he gets on the phone <laughs> and this is Jillian Anderson really expressing good acting by the way she simply clutches the phone
1: mm. yeah j- just look at the hands, way she's holding she? yeah, yeah just
0: the way she's holding the phone suggests some she's 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 fearful her obviously her eyes say it her voice says it but that's just an added touch by her you know she's clutching that phone in 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 truly demonstrating some body language that would suggest fear, paranoia, beyond anything she's going to say. And I just think that's fucking cool. And you can tell she's affected by what he's saying. She thinks it's a lie and everything else. But And then one more thing. Carmelita says she knew people that would record hours and hours of TV, like a hoarding behavior. Absolutely. I knew some people like that too, which is funny you bring that up because... My memory is a bit short and it could have been a lot of it could have been that, you know, maybe that's what a lot of it was back in the day. We didn't have on demand. A lot of people recorded a bunch of shit, a bunch of random shit. So it yeah. could be, could be part of it.
1: God, you remember the first DVRs?
0: Oh yeah. Like the first uh, TiVo. TiVo. It was TiVo, right? TiVo.
1: That's what the name of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: I never got TiVo. I couldn't, it was a bit out of my price range at that point in my life. They were not cheap, but oh, when yeah. cable companies got it, it was the best,
1: dude. I basically skipped the entire DVR scene by either not being able to afford it and then not caring about cable by the time like I actually was right. set up I, yeah, independently. Yeah,
0: his enough. fucking sweet irony. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to get every G.I. Joe, and then you're like, uh. fuck TV. <laughs> it sucks, right? Yeah. Uh, ah, Revenge of Cobra is such a good five-parter. Well, mm. Sorry, bro. <laughs> you don't care anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's uh man, to think that she's being betrayed. Sure, right? I mean, that's heartbreaking. In a way. It's, it is.
0: Know? No, I I agree. Um, it, it's heartbreaking and awesome to watch. You know, it, it's um, you know, the 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 visual consistency and storytelling from the moment they're in the woman's house to the moment she's tearing her house apart is such a great callback to the other scene where she's looking for bugs. What that woman was looking for, maybe love notes, maybe whatever, it doesn't matter. The the visual comparison between the two scenes really links the story together by going, oh man, this is what the other lady went through and she tore her fucking house apart. But Scully's looking for listening devices, right?
1: And it's hilarious. I can't even name a specific episode and I'm sure it happens more than once, but Mulder... Freaking the fuck out and tearing apart Dude. a room or apartment or whatever—totally normal, totally in bounds for Mulder behavior. Mm-hmm. Like f- ripping something apart, looking for bugs. Mm-hmm. Just I could, easy. I could,
0: yeah, and I could see Gillian Anderson just opening his door and saying, "Mulder, Mulder." Walking in, stepping over a bunch of shit he destroyed, and then him like laying on the couch saying, "Oh, I, I, you just don't understand, Scully." <laughs> You know, her bringing him a coffee or something, right?
1: Like, yeah, it would her be having to put up with it, as, right.
0: as fucking commonplace, right? Her her babysitting of the grown man who routinely tears his apartment apart, looking Which for something, <laughs> gets us back to yes, you know, good and we ki-
1: will kind of jump, you know, this this the conclusion of this particular gripping arc is the 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 confrontation, the showdown at Scully's mom's house, mm-hmm. and. And it's a good one. And it's probably the best scene that that old bitch has ever been in in X-Files. The best yeah, use of her.
0: Absolutely. I was a bit perturbed to see that she hadn't been taken by the cancer yet. But, yeah. it, well, and, well, remember, fort- that got me a one-star review saying that last time. Yeah. <laughs> that, a f- <laughs> that a fictional character got killed by a real disease that didn't actually exist in the TV show because it was a script.
1: Mm-hmm. For the well, record. fortunately,
0: a script. The, just so you know,
1: <laughs> she's not dead yet, but she has had to live through the death of her daughter, which is great. Glad that she had to suffer through that. But
0: here's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to pause the show right here. <clears throat> here's what I think's going to about to happen. I guess I'm going to be Michael Fassbender in the movie 300. Right. <laughs> When the guy says, uh, because I want to be cool too, but I'm going to give you Leonidas of Sparta for this particular avenue we're about to travel down. (laughs) Okay, okay, just bear with me. It's going to be a metaphor. It's going to knock your socks off. Right now, you're Leonidas of Sparta. Now, you talked about Carolyn a second ago, which is basically going, this is Sparta. And then you booted her fucking assistant into the pit. So he's dead which basically is showing you there's no surrender in sight. Number two, I'm Michael Fossbender. I'm just like, I kind of just like the conflict and I'm just ready to frivolously die. But I get to say something cool like, you know, our arrows will cover the sun. And I get to say, then we shall fight in the shade, right? I get to say something cool like that. Meanwhile, as you and I are getting our guts just cut out of us by the, by the Persians at the hot gates, I'm going to be saying we probably shouldn't have died on this Pendra Hill, but I'm ready to die on it. (laughs) So I'm here to die with you because I've committed, and I say we shall fight in the sun, but we're going to get arrows rained down on us, Spartan king, and we're going to die at the hot gates, but maybe someday in the future we'll sway the Persian-Spartan war.
1: They they will, when when distant <laughs> listeners go back and listen to this podcast, they will know that here, obedient the to the laws. of time.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to throw it out there. Dog, going in on Scully's mom, that's just kind of us uh, salting the fields a little too, right?
1: <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> yeah.
0: we're just, now it's just, we know we're going, yeah. Thermopylae is our resting place. We're knowingly going there. So we're That's, gonna do a little damage on the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: this this is cutting off the head of like the first emissary, the Persians sent over.
0: Oh fuck! Yeah. That's it. So here we go.
1: Here we go. All right. Airbrush your fucking <laughs> abs. All right. Rub some. Let's fucking rub some oil on our bodies. And uh, we're either going. Down we're,
0: we're, we're, we're either going home holding our shields or being carried
1: on them. Here's the deal, and you can fucking hate Pendril, listeners, but listen up because I'm about to fucking throw some truth at you. The reality hot, white, hot fire. is that what is happening to Scully is that her greatest, this lurking fear and paranoia is, is everything in her life, it revolves around Mulder. It revolves around, and not just Mulder betraying her. I think that's the way it manifests, mm. but it's the fact that Mulder is the thing in her life which causes fear, anxiety, danger. All this shit is because of him. How many fucking times has Mulder lied to Scully or just been flippant or say, (laughs) I have to go, Scully, and hung up the phone when she's like, Mulder, Mulder, like what the fuck is happening? Or, you know, I don't know, gotten her fucking sister murdered, gotten her abducted. None of this fucking shit would happen if Mulder wasn't in her life. All right. Yes. So like as much as she loves him as a man, as a partner, not romantically yet, but obviously there's an incredible connection and she has a lot of respect for him and all that shit. But the reality is Mulder is such a source of anxiety and friction in her life. And everything in her subconscious just knows that it, it's going to lead to disaster. It's going to lead to I don't know, having a son, having him get murdered, all sorts of terrible things down the line. So when I go and say, that a woman, a an FBI agent, a doctor, a scientist, a,
0: a powerful woman with agency. Powerful woman, they, they might we might flip this on them in the yeah. future, but we'll come back to that. So that that'll right. be a new
1: plan. We'll come back to that. So when Carolyn calls me out on the Facebook page for <laughs> for supporting for for being such a shitlord, wishing. That this wonderful woman, Dana Scully, would have a partner who would actually openly communicate with her, would support her in times of struggle, would not lie, would not get her into danger, endanger her friends, family, her fucking dog. Queequeg would not be killed mm. if she was with Agent Pendrel. Mm-hmm. Dragged into the deep. Am I wrong?
0: No. You're wrong. No, I'm I'm wrong. wrong? You, I say amen, brother. Sing it. Say it with your chest, my brother.
1: I'll die on this hill. Yeah. Die right listen, here.
0: You know, here's the deal. I'm going to come in. I'm coming in with the auxiliary attack. Because listen to this. Number one, everything Josh just said is absolutely true. Number two, if this guy looked like William H. fucking Macy, every fucking, look at me, every one of you, every one of you, chat, look deep into my eyes. you liars. Aren't you? <laughs> A little bit of liars, though. Now, you could simply retort and say, well, he doesn't. <laughs> and I don't have an answer for that. But if he did, that, that stuff about does not make girls horny? No, not when you look like fucking William H. Macy. Let me know how it goes when you're, uh, l- let me know how this works when you're uh, fucking uh, married for like 15 years and you, and you pull that shit. Let me know how well that works out for you. Yeah, I'm going to be sexy again. I'm going to be mysterious and not answer calls and hang up and do other things. You think that's going to play well? It ain't playing too well. By the way, Maj is throwing around Pedro, which is pretty fucking legit. Hey, and and good. You you know
1: what? Let's go
0: get after it a little bit. Yeah, maybe she wants to put on her special stilettos with the dick heels. I don't know. I don't know what she's (laughs) into. So...
1: And, and Mister Mister Mikey Marinara, who came in pretty hot on this particular thread, talking about how you oh, know Jesus, oh fucking you know, pigged fucking you
0: know, Johnny Don Juan DeMarco over needs here needs
1: the spice that you know the relationship with Mulder. This, this is this is the conversation of like you know yeah, this is why like high school and college chicks date assholes and things mm-hmm. like you, you when you're 35 you don't want to be sleeping with a loaded gun under your fucking pillow okay <laughs> oh go, whoops go, yeah cool data data fu- marry a drug addict see how <laughs> fun that is see how many fucking super cool unexpected <laughs> twists you get
0: Oh God, part of this is sort of glorious because I like watching you embrace your aging, your aging body. You're just, I, I love it. It gives me joy. To watch you look at mortality on the horizon in the fading, the <laughs> fla- fading glory of your youth. <laughs> yeah, but, you know what? It is. Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Not too bad to sit there on the couch with your with your sweetheart in your golden years, reading a book and sipping on a glass <laughs> of wine, a Malbec, <laughs> <laughs> glass of Malbec,
0: well, maybe some Bengal spice tea, even I don't know, whatever you're into. So I
1: apologize. I apologize. My favorite, wanting a good life for Dana Scully. The best,
0: the best is when you're a doctor and you come home and your electricity's off because he flaked on the bill. That's sexy oh, as fuck. Wrong. Ooh, yeah. big twist. Yeah, and he, and he you know, he, he's fucking putting icicle hands on your tits. That's great. Is, <laughs> hey, is this, It's fifty degrees in this apartment right now. <laughs>
1: Hey, surprise, the credit card's maxed out. Cool.
0: Bad boys is such a stupid thing, too, because it's not, all it is is confident people, or at least people feigning confidence enough for dumb young girls to fall for, right? Oh, it's
1: absolutely feigning confidence. Because
0: you know who a bad boy is? Skinner. He's a fucking man. He's not going to be pushed around. He's not going to be talked down to. He's not going to fucking, no bullshit. Like, right. It's a, it's the same thing. People, people just have this association with, you know, like, you know, cool. I, you know, Twilight's great. I'm sure you guys love Twilight too. So that's good. Yeah. I'm sure Twilight's your favorite movie, chat.
1: Yeah, all right, Mike, Mr. Marinara. Pendrel's so boring. Yeah, super boring being supported and loved and cared and understood. What a fucking snooze fest.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. Wow.
1: What a fucking bore having a living family. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking, mm. oh, what a pain in the butt.
0: Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah, but that's what it is. it is. It's not even... It, Voss says you'd be surprised when men don't own grown knuckle dragons. Well, yeah, people with mental disorders. But I think, but I think there's a shift between. I think you know uh, what you'd say as is uh, you know the the Marvel man, the classic masculinity. That's very that's that's you know being uh, being completely aloof and uh, and uh, completely unreliable. That's not what that is, right? They're very different. But well, I'm not going to get into all that.
1: Well, anyway, that uh. Here, here, here for the passersby. I don't see
0: Mulder as a bad boy either, Magus.
1: No, he's not not a bad boy. I'm he's
0: he's boy. more of your whimsical poet type that you know twenty year old girls just love. They love they like him in Legolas. You know,
1: yeah, you and, know, and yeah, every like Bloom character. Like
0: compare compare Mulder's antics to a guy like Aragorn. Like Aragorn's fucking dependable. He's there. He's tough as shit. He'll yep. fight. You know, that's a yep. fucking mate. That dude will like hold the wolves at bay, and it's he's not going to be like, "Oh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm fucking moody." Fuck you, you moody. <laughs> Clean it up, will you? Oh boy.
1: a related suit might just And that's a great visual. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking unzips the mouthful.
0: Just, <laughs> Dana, what's the uh, What's the word again?
1: <laughs> Zips it back closed.
0: Dana, the tea's almost ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mulder Love is not it. aragorn um, you're so wrong about that magus that's the <laughs> most wrong thing you've ever done in your life dude is make that comparison
1: Mulder is aragorn
0: they couldn't be more different
1: boy well now that we drove off most of our loyal listeners successfully yeah. good big big ups to us Love yes, it. Yes. Love yes, it. Yes.
0: Now that we've opened, well, so now we're all dead. Okay. To go back to, we're all dead at the hot gates. So let's yeah. move on.
1: But look, but look at all those Persian bodies stacked up.
0: It's yeah. We, I mean, man, I mean, the ratio is solid. Yeah. We took on the whole chat. There's 23 verse two. 23.
1: Yeah. We got no allies in here, do we? <laughs> no,
0: no, <laughs> Not a Not one. just me, the fool who followed you.
1: <laughs> no, I, I like it. Yeah. So, Jumping back to the episode. Hey, real quick. Yeah.
0: You can be Scully for one day, and you have to bang one of them. Which one are you
1: banging? Oh, banging Mulder. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. fair enough.
1: I mean, Mary, all right, here it is. Yeah. Mary, fuck, kill. I don't know who the killer is, but the Mary's Pendrel. The fuck is Mulder.
0: Yeah. But if you put Skinner in that mix? Now you're really
1: fucked up. Oh, then you're then, sorry. Pendril's dead. I
0: was just going you're probably killing Pendrel. <laughs> oh, fucking fuck Mulder it. and Mary <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I mean, listen. uh <laughs> what we're trying to say here is we're tissue deep on this.
1: <laughs> we have we really have no conviction here. This no, is a no. this is a whole bit. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. This is my favorite troll mm-hmm. element I have going right now. Yeah,
0: that's. Funny. I love it.
1: Love it. <laughs> Little secret.
0: <laughs> uh, can we talk about? Uh, the the color blindness and can we also talk about uh, media driven violence?
1: Yes, I wanted to, uh, on the color blindness. I'm going to read a listener comment. Hit me. So I thought this is pretty cool. Um, Diane Walker Renaud, who uh, I don't know if you she son is... of a bitch.
0: That was going to be my fucking. Go Why ahead. don't you read it right now? You got it. Yeah, I'm going to read the whole thing though. Okay. All right.
1: Well, I really like well, this.
0: Okay. Go
1: I, ahead.
0: I'll stop stop at the first paragraph because I know that's what you're getting to. Yeah. Actually, no, the second paragraph, too. Despite its regrettable choice in in ties, Mulder never really... (sighs) Wow. Mulder really never before or since gave us a clue about having a red-green colorblindness. I can attest to the fact that all federal workers are screened for colorblindness at employment. In my job, and in his, one would need to be able to differentiate the two. The issue in his fleeting phobia about fire or plot devices abandoned once the narrative went away... I mean, why give a good-looking man a good-looking red-headed partner and then make him a red-green colorblind forever after poor fanfic writers had to discuss how Mulder's a Scully's glossy silver hair? (laughs) Dude, it goes on, but that's the heart of the matter of what we're about to dive into. Thank you for that, Diane. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a cool element of why did it work on Scully and not Mulder. I mean, it's believable. It's fine. And as mentioned, actually, in uh, one of the responses, uh, actually, BP said it, that he's he's uh, red, green, colorblind. It so is mean, Nathan.
0: So is Nathan of Trek Talk. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't literally mean that, like, you don't see red or green. <clears throat> it's just my You see him dad, the same, right? Uh, well, well, there's just a lot of degrees of it. Like, my, mm-hmm. my stepdad, Bill, is red, green, colorblind, and he'll wear, like, Colors that like wildly clash, and I have obviously zero fashion sense if you've ever seen me, mm-hmm. which is why I just wear like blue and black. I only um, wear that,
0: oh, yeah. I wear pretty dark colors too,
1: but like he'll wear like something maroon and something red, like together mm. to him, they look the same, so like he can't distinguish like between purple like specific- and plum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. see, got it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a cool thing of like, okay, it's. And like, it doesn't have to, it just has to sound feasible. Like, all right, cool. Like it's this visual bandwidth, but be, because Mulder has this deficiency in his cones or rods, I always mix them up. One of them. Yeah. Um, they, I uh, believe it's cones. Cones. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it doesn't work on him basically. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, that, that signal is basically not picked up.
0: Sure, makes sense. You know, it, there's a lot of interesting thoughts about color blindness. I know because Nate became obsessed with it when he when he knew he was, and he he and I, he and I recently talked about it, and he was you know reading about it, but he, he sent me into a very short rabbit hole, which came up again when I was watching this. But they're talking about some of the potential evolutionary advantages of being that way when it comes to differentiating predators in bush. Isn't that interesting? Like not being Advantage confused. Of- Yes. if yes if you if you um, if you're I guess if you're a, a potentially seeking predators picking them out amongst the green foliage or something or them not being able to camouflage a certain way because there's cause okay. there's a bunch of articles out there about it so it's definitely worth checking out um, cool. and then I thought that, oh that's pretty interesting like could there be a reason that it, is there an advent it, is there is it is it ever advantageous you know maybe not in you know like Diane's field. Or if you're working with those colors closely in some sort of chemistry type of situation. But, yeah, it's kind of wild.
1: <clears throat> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, but What was the other thing you brought up? Just the violence, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big like, thing back
1: in the day. Oh, it was such a 90s thing.
0: It was. It, it, but it continued. You know, it went from, it was, it was music. It was, uh, sorry about those beeps, by the way. It was uh, music that you don't hear it, but the chat does. Um, you know, music, you know. These ruffians were their rap singing,
1: you know, heavy metal before heavy that, metal
0: right? rap singing, you know, uh, fucking picket movies, and then video, and video games. games is a big yeah. one too. Yep, and there was all these interesting, like, really poorly thought out papers about people being of a certain violent ilk drawn to that stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Any sense. I'm like, so what did what did Vladimir the watch? You know, like, I don't, <laughs> which I know is not a fair argument, but. You know the correlation causation. It doesn't. It's like that great study of correlation causation where they're like, you know, um, people. You know, uh, when ice cream sales are up, more people are murdered in New York City. And they're like, well, no, it's fucking summertime, and people are out and people are drinking. And you know, so it's like this. This. They just don't. They. It's not conclusive.
1: You know. Yeah, and it's it's all it's all. I mean, my personal thoughts of the matter. It's fucking hilarious that there's this constant thing of like, yeah, just. You know, just playing Grand Theft Auto make you want to go on a (laughs) shooting spree, or is it the fact that every time there's a fucking shooting spree, the like the person, the name is front page news throughout the world, and like, sure, you know, we have this huge fixation on it. It's like, oh yeah, no shit, it's mass fucking media reporting on violence. I think is more of a link to violence than anything else.
0: It's definitely part of it for sure, but yeah, it's uh, I. But it was such a thing of the times, wasn't it? It is. It is in 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 it in you know a part of me was like, oh man, it's good. What are you talking about? But, um, I guess, I guess if you give her the benefit of the doubt of history, then that would make sense. It's, but I thought it was cool that Mulder pushed back on that a little bit, you know? Yeah. Without yeah. them, it didn't become a central focus. there. So, but it's, it's like they wanted to sort of put their finger on the pulse of the time and just let you know, because we're talking subliminally like subliminal, you know, sub subliminal messaging, can influence behavior, that's 100% true. That's advertising to a T, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. violence. There's been tons of studies done on subliminal suggestives and what it does to how you feel, but not necessarily how you'll act.
1: Yes. I mean, it's been a big part of advertising since I think the 50s is when they started to really do it. Yeah, but If
0: two people are fucking on your 52-inch screen and you walk in, if you are so inclined you're you're going to be visually some may not all might go whoa and like watch you know what i'm saying like that's yeah. immediately you know that's less subliminal more overt but you know se- sex has sold forever because men are very very fucking visually easily it doesn't, stimulated doesn't, visually right doesn't take much so yeah it's pretty cool i'm glad um, it, i'm glad it came up and didn't get crazy
1: you know I've got a question for you sure what is your favorite example of uh some kind of this kind of something like this a visual subliminal messaging uh on in media in TV movies whatever
0: probably they live nice
1: yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. It,
0: just because because of the messaging it was so strong at the time like the obey like all of that it's it's very it, it has an orwellian bend to it which i like you know yes. we're seeing a lot of orwellian shit these days which is interesting
1: that's um, always the first one I think of.
0: Yeah, it's so good. The the yeah. the the obey the seeing the creatures for what they are. The, the the you know the sunglasses just as sort of a of a you know this interesting device. But I do love that.
1: Yep. <clears throat> I, I also think of uh, in a more playful way. Fight Club. The dicks. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Yep.
1: And then I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this for years, but there was I think it was like early '80s miniseries called V.
0: So good, dude. I love that shit as a kid,
1: dude. It was like really cool. You know, the aliens were visitors. occupying the visitors. Right? They were friendly.
0: Was- they just wanted water. Yeah.
1: But wasn't that a subliminal messaging thing in a similar um, way to V?
0: N- I don't or recall. Yeah, they live. I don't um, recall. They just they they were literal lizard people underneath.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and they would like swallow like small mammals. It was fucking MK wild. Also lizard yeah. people. Yeah, V was pretty rad back in the day. They were lizard people. That's good shit. But um, but uh, while we're talking about all this stuff, while we're talking about uh, uh, you know different media, the term "wet wired," dude, that is such a badass term. That's very cyberpunk. That I comes. Was say. Yeah, that comes out of like either either Gibson, like Neuromancer, or or like Philip K. Dick might have been. I don't know who said it first. I, I'm spitballing, but one of those guys. Like, um, speaking of. Uh, well, I guess we're not really speaking of him, but um, uh, what is it, Johnny Mnemonic? Oh shit, wet wired. That term "wet wired" is basically just like cybernetic interface. Like you're interfacing with flesh. So it works for this episode because you're uh, in. Okay. Because this is more of a a less direct link, more visual simulation. But the idea of wet wired is very much out of the cyberpunk genre. Like we're jacking our fucking brains. Like we're hooking hard drives to our heads. And that Definitely was, you know, Johnny cool. Mnemonic, despite being a shitty movie, it's like a guilty pleasure for me. But the idea of, in the dark future, he has, like, messages uploading into a hard drive that he's attached to his body, and he's a courier, and he has to get it to these other people without getting killed. It's fucking, that's a cool idea, right? It's
1: dope. I want to go read <coughs> Snow Crash again.
0: Oh, that fucking shit rules. Voss says when it they- is Gibson.
1: It is Gibson. The when chat, they gave yeah. him a
0: job, they gave him a gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Snow Have Crash. they ever tried to make- um...
0: uh, There's been a lot of talk about Snow Crash. God, yeah. that would be hard though, wouldn't it? Hard as fuck because of the verse. Yeah. They could do it now though. Yeah, but
1: like, I don't know. It, it's hard to
0: do- How do you it. capture the mad, the awesomeness of hero protagonists? Yeah. <laughs> He's so cool.
1: I mean, what was that one that came out recently? The um, really 80s nostalgia-ish. Uh, it was about oh, uh, Ready Player One. Yes. Love the book. Movie was fine, but like it just, it wasn't that substantial. Yeah. But really neither was the book. The book was just a lot of fun. Snow mm. Crash has a lot more meat on those bones. I think it would be hard to, hard to do it and not <clears> just make it like a, you know, Michael Bay would end up fucking doing it.
0: Sure. Um, they're saying, oh, they're saying Gibson. Yeah. Gibson wrote Neuromancer. I just don't know if he, ter- if he coined wet wired. I don't know if Philip K. Dick who wrote Johnny Mnemonic, I think he wrote Finn a bunch of shit he wrote every, every other yeah. sci-fi concept Little fucking Blade Runner Total Recall yeah for the memory of a lifetime man recall, the high recall recall oh that's right dude yeah yeah anyway but yeah. it, it might have been I know Gibson's a badass too but um Gibson may have termed, coined the term cyberpunk actually but that I that I is a right. genre that fucking bones me up I love cyberpunk
1: shit I love it fucking dope <laughs> Um, man, we need to get back into some, uh, I haven't played Shadowrun for 20 years. Probably.
0: Do you want to hear a crazy sh- trivia story about me?
1: Yeah.
0: I've never played Shadowrun the role-playing game. No shit. Yeah. I own the books. I've owned many versions. I've made many characters. I've never played. Um, I had a, I played primarily cyberpunk 2020, which they were making into a video game called cyberpunk 2070 something. Cause now all those guys are old men, but, um, <laughs> but, um, and that was like, that's, cyberpunk is Shadowrun without like orcs and shit. It's more grounded in like Gibson. Uh, okay. It's more grounded yeah. in Gibson
1: than it uh, is. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, Shadowrun is much more like They're both fantasy cyberpunk. Yeah. Like, combo. oh,
0: he's a troll with a cybernetic arm or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's cool, for sure. Hey,
1: oh, weird. Uh, Three listeners left in the chat. Yeah, well. I'm just, just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Between Pendrel and fucking RPG rants, yeah. how do we have an audience? <laughs> uh, so I want I do want to talk about one other thing um, please regale because me because you brought it up in the beginning as as a possible detraction slash question is just more question
0: yes the ending the, of this episode
1: denouement and we can kind of just say the whole let's add in the whole um, kind of conspiracy element the the plainclothes man as he's called that's Mulder's contact here in the oh, beginning oh right um, which I guess was a writing thing because uh, the actor who plays X was uh, not very available for this. Hmm. So they they added added this other role, which ends up being kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this, this new contact that Mulder doesn't really trust, and it's it's nice to see Mulder have a little bit more balls on him to be like, fuck you, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> um, and, and then... You know, we get a few of these beats. We see Cigarette Smoking Man, Scully yes. having a hypnosis, but then after she's recovered from her. Uh, episode, episode. Yep. here. That, By the way, their- funny joke,
0: when they key into the room the second time, he's like, you want me to go first? Because <laughs> the fuck, because Scully opened up on him. I'm like, Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: In one other quick note, I love that we get a, a, a strong response from Skinner in the FBI. And he's like, she fired shots at you. This is not yes. a game, right? That's yep. very awesome. That was yep. a very, very cool moment in this episode.
1: And good good Skinner being back to yes, he's their ally and he has their back, yes. but he still has a fucking job to do. Yes. So it's like, hey, Mulder, if you want this to go well for her, you find her on your own.
0: hmm Job uh, one. <laughs> job one, assistant to the director. Job two, babysit Mulder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Um Yeah. And then, you know, but Mulder bring up the point like, well, somebody's got to be behind this. Yes. This whole conspiracy element, these guys getting tracked you know, Mulder trying to find the doctor. He's gone. He digs through his shit, you know, ends up, I forget how he tails them to this address or gets the address. Regardless, they're at the house. It's the cable guy, cable guy. (laughs) And uh, the doctor, who apparently was a fake doctor, we found out later, or Mm -hmm. a fake identity. Or on, or yeah, exactly. And Mulder comes in to find X having gunned them down. So your thought here is just, I didn't quite understand it. I think,
0: I think I just need to be, I just need to understand what's going on. So this ties back into, so it's my own ignorance to be frank. I don't know how it ties back in. And then what's the motivation to kill these guys? If it, it sounded like it was just because Mulder was too slow to get to them. And what does get to them mean? Like that's the stuff I didn't quite get. That's all.
1: Here's what I took out of it. Um, is it really all comes down to one of one of my favorite quick scenes in the episode is the the one with X and Cigarette Smoking Man first time i think the first time we see them together yeah that's cool in the car at the end X telling him you know job done been disposed of Mulder does have one of the devices whatever no big deal and then CSM asks about his source and he says oh he you know he's been taken care of what about the source's source and
0: still unknown
1: right X is like still unknown X is the source's source, so he, uh, I'm such an idiot. So this is what's fucking cool here. I mean, unless I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: also, <laughs> by the way, him could walking possibly to the, be the case. Him walking to the car. That fucking shot of the car in the alleyway. That's some Michael Mann shit. Oh yeah. But um. Okay. Hose wait a minute. It down. Hose down. So down the street. <laughs> <laughs> wet him up. Oh, so wait a minute. The source is sources him. Okay. Is it,
1: so here's what's happening. Hit me. L- let me throw this out there. Tell me if you think it sticks.
0: All right. I'm in the batter's box. Let me know what you got.
1: (laughs) Mm. Shaken off. Shaken off. Here we go. Um, X was tasked with basically as this episode, as this test, as this whatever is going on here.
0: Which we can say is this government's, right? This is shadowy government stuff. Okay.
1: That's what I thought. It's compromised. He is tasked to clean it up. As and he has to do his fucking job. He's accountable to cigarette smoking man. He doesn't do his job. He ends up like Deep Throat with, sure. you know, little case of the old JFK head. Yeah. So, case,
0: case of the old, ooh, case of the old, hey, don't take the convertible to Dallas head. <laughs> case right? of
1: the old Kennedy back into the ooh, left.
0: case of the old Italian bolt-action rifle head.
1: <laughs> case of the old maybe with the mafia. <laughs> case,
0: case of the old fucking old Jackie Kennedy's traumatized.
1: <laughs> Pretty serious <laughs> <Jeez>. case <laughs> of the old second coming on the grassy knoll.
0: In case the old car
1: cleanup. <laughs> this is getting so bad. <laughs> Keep going. Bad bit gone too far. So he's tasked with doing this, he's gonna do it. But he knows it's gonna to get to this point. At some point, this pro- they're gonna pull the plug on this project and he's gonna to have to clean it up. He's trying to get Mulder to pull the th- to pull the thread before he has to cut the thread loose. He's uh-huh. going to cut the thread loose no matter okay. what. Okay. okay. So that's why he sends clothes man. That's why clothes man comes back to Mulder when he's going to the hospital to ID Sc- uh, bleh, Scully's body, which fuck we do have to mention that scene. And Oof. you know, that's why at the end he's like, you didn't, you failed agent Mulder. So his fuck-
0: motivation is this has to be cleaned up one way or the other had Mulder gone to it first, what's X's play?
1: I mean, maybe he is a ally of some kind. So yeah, to he Mulder wants for sure. to help Mulder expose these things. But he, if Mulder doesn't but, get it done in time, then he has to do his, to protect what he's himself. With. Exactly.
0: Right. Which he doesn't care about. The, so part of him wants the project to be busted open. Cause he's the double agent, so to speak. But also mm-hmm. if, if CSM is like, can you clean this up? And he doesn't do it. And it, Causes any suspicion whatsoever. He ends up with Kennedy head. Exactly. What uh, a very all right. consistent. That's really awesome. Yeah, the really consistent
1: awesome. thing about X is that he knows what happened to deep throat and he's not going to end up like him.
0: Right. I always forget like, that that's already happened.
1: He's made it clear that he's willing to fucking stack bodies like cordwood. Wow. That's do what really it takes awesome. To yeah, protect yeah, yeah. his own skin. So I like that it. that element is actually pretty wow. fucking cool. Okay. And it's all a right. great way to make it this is very much a monster of the week, but it also is, has mythology elements. It ties in with this in the best kind, right? This, yep. the vague government shadowy conspiracy thing, sure. and double agents and this kind of shit. And then it also is very relationship based where it's a lot of, you know, Mulder and Scully. It's seeing Scully in a different way. It's seeing some really good character moments, despite how my feelings on the, the, the Pendana ick, um, <laughs> <laughs> the there are some awesome moments here. That the Pandemic. moment of Mulder having to open the blinds, saying, No, <laughs> I'll do it with the possibility that he might be looking in on Scully's body. Sure. It's it's great understated acting from Duchovny. but it's it is. Also, he's great in this up. Yes. And he probably, you know, Gillian Anderson takes the sort of gets the bulk of the credit for this one because you know, she has some pretty big acting beats. Yeah, yeah,
0: her tearing her apartment apart, the phone call, her her emotionally holding the gun on Mulder and sort of melting down. Yep. You know, all that, all those moments are super good. But, but he's great here. And yeah, uh, man, that's really cool. You know, it's funny because I wasn't. I don't know why that didn't click with me for some odd reason. Um, but that's really awesome. Uh, that that makes that makes that subplot super interesting to me. It makes mm. you know because X is so awesome.
1: It is a little convoluted,
0: but right. The, but unlike unlike you made other it, you, issues, you made it seem so simple that it makes me feel really dumb for missing it. To seen right. episode four times, bud. <laughs> fair, four enough, times. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: And and have seen it multiple times before.
0: Right. So, yeah, it's cool. So. That makes it really cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh shit. Shit.
1: What else? Anything else to say about this one?
0: I don't think so, buddy.
1: Um, You already read a a listener comment. Did you want to do any other ones, or do you want me to go? You can hop in. All right. Uh, I absolutely adore this episode. A great mix of everything that made this show— I'll get to it. That made this show so enjoyable and rewarding to be a part of. It gives a very interesting look at the character of Scully by being able to see her acting in such a different manner than usual. Irrational and paranoid in place of her usual clinical approach. I'm really looking forward to Josh's take on this, as he has such a good eye for Dana Scully and a true understanding of what is best for her. It's a shame we didn't have him on the writing staff. It would have been wonderful to see her end up with a better romantic partner in the end. (laughs) And that's from the listener, Jillian Anderson. (laughs) I thought, dude, okay, (laughs) that
0: was really good. Number two, I thought that you, <laughs> I thought somebody was sarcastic
1: you me roasting up when you. You cut me off and asked who it was. Because <laughs> I was like, what is this kid
0: doing? Is this your freaking first beer?
1: <sighs>
0: Sorry, I fucked you up. But I was like, wait a second. I'm like, somebody's about to sarcasm bomb this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty cool. Didn't know she listened to the show. So that's pretty, yeah. It's pretty neat. Kind of, awesome. Kind of makes you feel good.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 It's remarkable she didn't mention me, but I'll, I'll have to live with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> she
1: should have mentioned your valiant, um, valiant alliance. <laughs> My valiant like death. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. All right. Uh, What's next on the agenda? We got. Uh, we have a we question, a, I believe, right? We
1: do have a listener question, which uh, I have to find because it was really important for me to cover <laughs> cover that comment which was pretty pretty special obviously um so we got one from uh white death Mm -hmm. and uh a shout out to um everybody that did throw up it's posted as an announcement it might be under the uh the weekly announcement for the next episode coming but um there isn't there is a thing for uh uh Open-ended X Files questions from listeners, so we're yeah. going to go with one in,
0: in of, fun. In fun, on not necessarily related to the episode
1: questions. Definitely not related to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Even <clears throat> even just tangentially related to the show. Um, got one from White Death herself. Uh, mm. In a perfect world, we are all obviously fantastic actors. Let's say you got a chance to play a character in an episode of the X Files, either an existing episode character or a concept of your own choice. Are you a villain or a monster or one of the good guys? We already got agents, Desko and Rannick, but give us more.
0: Mm, I'd be a villain for sure. Um, yeah, that's way more fun. Are you kidding? Uh-huh. A recurring good guy? Ugh. <laughs> so, so boring. All right. <laughs> After so I you- just died for Pendrel, by the way.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah. Let me actually, I want to I want to look at that. If you have something to go, you go first. So I'm going to just look at the bottom half of that question again. Yeah, you said-
1: I, I'm going to go. So this is uh, me, Josh, as an actor, as an actor um, actually getting to be cast in the X-Files. I would go with a, like a Larry Musser role. Like the last one he did in, I um, it. what the hell is in Singa? Tinga? Singa? Yes, Singa. The one that uh, Stephen King wrote where he plays the local sheriff, basically a local ally who has some colorful flavor, you know, kind of a – whether he's a little bit of a comic relief kind of character. But he gets to basically pal around with Mulder and or Scully the whole episode and sort of help out, sort of just be there. Like if I got to do that for an episode, that would be my fucking dream gang, Chinga. 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 So yeah, I mean, not my my initial thought was for like a villain to play like some kind of monster would be really cool. And then I was like, but what would actually be fun? It's just like getting to be in all these scenes and getting to you know set up Mulder's like clever little witty one liners and shit like that. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I well,
1: <laughs> Roger in the chat, Pendril's cool brother Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Um, I am going to go right to the predictable on this one. Um, I would, I would think it would be really fun to play a villain. Number one, um, one it definitely is not going to make it out of the episode. Maybe I'm in even, maybe I'm even in a cliffhanger. And since I'm going to get to act, and I'm going to get to act opposite of these awesome people, I want to take, I want to take some time with Julian Anderson. I want us to do some acting, bro. So okay. let's um let's not break tradition here. Let's go with some, uh, some sort of classic vampire type of character. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go straight white wolf on this. I'm probably existing as either, as either like, like a, not, not, not Connor McLeod. Is it Connor? Connor is Connor in the movie and Duncan's in the show. Duncan McLeod, He was, yeah. So Duncan McLeod in the show, he was really cool. He had a, he had a fucking, it, it's the most 90 shit ever. You know, long-haired Hawkeye. He had a, um, he had an. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call old furniture again? <laughs> old f- <laughs> antique shop, antique shop, <laughs> and he lived above it. He lived above it. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd want to do something like that, and um, and uh, I, I, you know, maybe you know, it, we could make it a fun episode. Maybe it could be tongue and cheek. Make it be humorous. I don't want to get too crazy serious with it, but. Could be could be dark too. I don't know. It depends on what direction we want to go with it. As if I'm talking to you, who's going to write it? But um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I got I got some notes up.
0: You got some notes, and yeah. and I think it would be really fun to um, to uh, attempt to whisk Dana Scully away from Mulder, only to be defeated by not him in the end. You know, he would help thwart me, but somehow her faith would come into question in this again, oh. um, and it would still leave a question mark whether or not I had some kind of supernatural power. I wouldn't want it to be overtly obvious, right? You, know? you
1: want to be more Donnie Faster.
0: Than- I think yeah, more Donnie Faster with it with, with like a, you're not quite sure, right? Yep. You know, maybe my shadow comes into the room before I do. That kind of cool Dracula shit. But it. but you know, I'm not I'm not dressed in like capes and shit. I'm wearing like probably black jeans, black t-shirt kind of look, you know, and you're like, "What is up? What's with this person?" And okay. you know, a couple people go missing. Maybe I'm part of that. Next thing you know, it leads to me. They were seen here. I made a mistake. I'm distracted. Maybe Scully looks like my fucking ancient love from like 1226 or something. You know, a little Dracula flare. <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> It'd be fun. Oh, wait, maybe Scully looks like your. your... Yeah, maybe yeah, that's why I, I like get it. distracted by it. And then, attractive. you know,
0: maybe, oh no. Yeah, of course, it's a fucking direct bite of Dracula.
1: But, so talk um, about how the blood. <gasps> <flows>. Yes, <laughs>
0: I, I absolutely would. <laughs> and maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm, um, you know, maybe we get make a make-out scene. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I go. Maybe I, maybe one button comes undone, and I see the fucking crucifix or something. No, I'm kidding. That's too. That's way too Dracula. But I don't know something where I something where it, it we allow it. We we allow it as a. We use it as a vehicle to sort of push her character and her interest in faith more, and how it's really juxtaposed by what Mulder believes. Because I found that dynamic very interesting between the two, and somehow that drives me away. And whether it be they can wonder was it because he had a weird uh, you know whatever for it or whatever you know something like that I think that'd be really interesting but a cool sort of mysterious bad guy that is that we're not quite sure about that has a um, sort of a like a this weird old school charm but he's trying to affect her in a way because he's ultimately the bad guy who gets thwarted in the end that'd be fun that'd be a fun fucking thing to do
1: glad I went first you just fucking sunk my battleship. But I think I like yours more. <laughs> it's boring.
0: No, but- no, because I ultimately <laughs> like the comedic role. Like, my, you know, if I, if you could say pick three dream jobs, I want to be a successful stand up com- comedian, which will never happen. But that, see, to have a, a recurring comedic role, like in a Californication kind of way, that's fun too, man. Yeah, right. Mine's mine's kind of generic, to be
1: honest. It with would you. be kind of fun to play a play a like a recurring. I was thinking of just a one off, but
0: yeah, be cool to play a werewolf too. You have to do like weird naked scenes. You wake up in the zoo, like American Werewolf in London. You're naked. You're like, why am I yeah, here? Well,
1: I could pull off werewolf. I got a good amount of body hair.
0: You do. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lee box.
1: <laughs> I ain't ever going back there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I but I don't sweat enough. To, to play Luther bogg, So
0: mm-hmm, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah you get oh, called ab- out for having that fantasy in your head. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. Harper. I played vampire, the masquerade. Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> Only for the last 25 years though. No big deal.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, whether, whether, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, built an entire persona around it for a solid three years for being honest, but, uh, no, um, yeah, that's a great question. That's fun. I like stuff like that.
1: That was cool. I like yeah, it's fun, uh fun tackling shit like that. So appreciate that. We got one from fun, uh yeah Greg Dawes that we've been uh we need to get to it. one of these upcoming ones. But um so yeah, man. Uh one one episode left, dude. We're gonna be dropping just in time for Christmas, the season three finale.
0: Isn't that wild?
1: Fuck. Gotta start working on a quiz. God damn it.
0: Fucking wild
1: night. Fucking wild.
0: Awesome. Well, I guess it's that time where we uh, where we set ourselves up and bid these good people adieu, right? Mm. So I guess why break tradition, Josh? Because that just wouldn't be fair, would it?
1: I've seen the tapes, MK Ultra making the frogs gay. <laughs> been listening
0: to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net.